Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. As usual, I am here with my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Phil Jess and Mr. Graham Jones, and I am Simon Hazeldean. In this episode of the Sales Chat Show, we are talking about the most common reasons you are losing deals. So why are these deals slipping through your fingers? What are the most common reasons for sales deal failure? So to kick us off, I'm going to go to Graham first. Are you? <laughs> oh, sorry. Was I not supposed to go? Because I suppose it Phil first. I, I'm happy to talk. Yeah. I, I think. I think. Hang on. I think Phil thought he was talking first, and Graham thought he was talking second. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, very slick and professional here. Absolutely. At the sales chat show. I'm glad you've got your eyes on the running order here. Fantastic. So, help me out, gentlemen. Who's going first? Yes, welcome to the episode on preparation and planning. Uh, <laughs> I will go first. I will go first. I'm going to be talking about um, one of the reasons why we lose deals is a failure, an inability to identify the right needs. Uh, what I mean by that is that very often we're presented with what the customer wants, but it may not be what the customer actually needs. Uh, so rather than accepting what's offered by way of the need, it probably isn't, and it requires some good quality questions to get beyond that. Um, as trainers, we come across that, of course, all the time. Very often we work with a client that says, I need an objection handling training course. They don't. They need something that's more front-ended, yes. questioning, listening, summarising, and that's the bit that's gone wrong. Hence, objections occur further down the line. So we need to be a little bit more challenging, I think, of our customer and prospect here, and armed with the right quality questions, really push on to identify the real needs. And it, I think you just can't overemphasise, it's not possible to overemphasise the importance of really understanding customer needs. I sometimes call it wants, needs, wants. You know, you find out what they want, then you find out what they need, and then you make them want what is actually going to be truly beneficial. The customer is not always right. Sometimes you are going to be a greater expert, have more knowledge of what is required than they do sometimes. They're an expert in their business, you're an expert in your product or service or your business. So yeah, I think Phil's right, you know, sometimes challenging what they think they want is a very important way. And sometimes you totally reshape what they're looking for, which can sometimes push push the competition out of the out of the equation. So I'm Desperately hoping now, Graham, that you are. No, I'm going to say you something. You are ready now. to say something. Uh, over to you. Over to you. I mean, actually, all of that important point there is about listening to your customer and understanding their needs and so on. But really, actively listening to what they're saying. In other words, you're doing lots of constant research as you talk to them, and I think that's one area where people miss out, and that's why they lose deals is they've not done enough research and so some of the research they could do in advance of trying to get the deal is online research about 
that particular sector, about that customer, about that customer's customers, about the potential competition that you might be up against. And we often will lose the deal because we've not done enough research of the whole marketplace, the whole competitive issue, all of that kind of stuff. And the internet is there for people to, to use. And, and what frustrates me is that you know people go in to sell and they haven't done much research. All they've done is ask a few questions of the customer in advance, but they haven't really understood the position of that customer in the whole marketplace, the whole competitive area. And your competitors are really upfront about what they're doing because they're putting their testimonials online, they're putting their prices online. There is so much information about your competitors. You're daft not to go and find it. And actually, you could be losing out because you haven't done that competition research online before you go and try and get the deal. So to work out why they should choose you rather than the, yeah. rather than the competition. What are the gaps in the competition? What are their failings? What are the problems? And you can find that online. And answering the questions, I think, that the customer is going to have, why should I choose you? Why should I use you? And then the second question, why should I use you rather than your competitors, yeah. is is absolutely the, the questions that you need to and be it, able to yeah. answer. And if you've gone online and you've checked all the reviews of your competitor, and they may be getting you know four or five star reviews, but there'll be several you know lower reviews, you find out those are, what are the repeated elements of those lower reviews? And then you can say to your customer, potential customer, that actually you don't do whatever it is that has caused them to have those low reviews. So find those repeated words, find what people, what the problems are with that customer and then you, with that competition, and then you can alert your customer to the problems that they may face if they were to go to the competitor. And I think I would add in that one of the reasons I think for, for deal failure and, and, and needs finding is one of those is having an absolute clear understanding. But it's also back in, you know, I harp on about this all the time around qualifying the sales deal opportunity. Are you likely to win it? And do you really understand the customer's needs? Do you have a proposition that will help to meet those needs and deliver them absolute value? Yes. Therefore, how much is it going to cost them? Can you prove your value to the customer? Have they got the money to be able to pay for it? Who's going to be involved in making the decision? And do they feel the pain? Have they got skin in the game, if you like? And then also, is there that fit between between you and the customer? And what's the customer's sense of urgency to move forward? Because if there's no urgency, this is probably not a deal that's going to be closing anytime yeah. soon. So I think a lot of a lot of deals don't 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 fail quickly. They fail slowly as they sort of slowly shudder to a halt, and, and eventually you take it out of your pipeline. Yeah. So really, really make sure um, that you're you're doing that. So uh, tailoring to your your sales proposition to the customer. So Phil. Another yes. reason often is 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 our offering too generic? For example, um, is it same old, same old? Yes, and my observation of written proposals or PowerPoint slide presentations would certainly suggest that there's a standard way of doing things for most companies and most salespeople. But really, I think um, uh, to win a deal effectively, it's about tailoring and adapting that. And it, of course, it starts very early on with uh, language. Uh, analyze how the other person thinks and behaves, build a bridge to that world, communicate in their language, not ours. So language is important, rapport is important, but when we get to the presentation point, 
Um, the deal is, as it were, the important thing is to make sure that we have tailored it as best we can. We're not delivering the same old, same old. Uh, our listeners will know that when they go to the dentist, they will hope and pray that the dentist is looking at a map of their teeth, not teeth in general. <laughs> a map? I didn't know you could find your teeth on a map. Oh, yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> ah, I must have a word. I must have a word with my with my dentist. And I think another another really, and this this sounds like a little bit of old school sales advice is this concept of are you closing the sale? Are you closing it early enough? Are you closing it vigorously enough? So you can't always, particularly in more complicated business to business and sometimes larger ticket business to consumer sales, you can't close the sale in maybe the traditional sense of the word. But you either close the sale and get the business and get the order or you close on the next action that moves you towards it. So why do deals sometimes fizzle and then fail is the next action is not clear and agreed with the customer. So if you can't close the sale, you close on the next action that moves you towards the sale. Keep the sale moving forward. It stops it just spinning, spinning and going, going nowhere. Uh, So the point I'd like to make is that although we're encouraging our listeners to analyse what they need to do to move forward, there might come a point where they say, actually, this is going nowhere. I have got other calls I can make. I'm going to cut down the level of face-to-face activity and just put in phone calls and emails and Skype calls or whatever and go and spend the time elsewhere. I think that's another option that we ought to include. Yeah, and I think it's just just about being realistic and knowing when to spend your time. And this is not about being negative and making excuses. You know, the best of us will have deals that just aren't moving forwards for a whole lot of reasons and sometimes they're outside of our control and we must know when is the time to, to leave alone and move on to other opportunities we can close. Napoleon, who of course we know well, Napoleon was once asked why he had won so many battles. In sales language, his conversion rate in his career was 95%. And his answer to the question, why have you won so many battles, was, I only ever fight battles I can win. Which is an excellent, an excellent uh, thought from a from a sales qualification, as you would expect me to say. And Mr. Jones, the last closing well, words I, to you. I think that there are two interlinked things here. That one of the the two things combined are price and follow up. And so that one of the reasons that people lose deals is because they don't set the right price and they're nervous to set the right price because they think the customer will think that's too expensive. And so pricing. It becomes a confidence issue, and that is part of the reason why they don't get the deal. And then the other reason is they don't want to follow up because they don't want to be told they're too expensive. Mm. And so actually it's a fear. So fear and confidence combine to not setting the right price and not following up. And most sales, most deals fail because they weren't followed up. And a lot of that follow-up is fear of being told that you've got the wrong price. So if you set the right price... And usually the right price is a lot more expensive than you think it should be. And if you set the right price and you're confident to follow up and you do follow up, you're likely to get the deal. Fantastic. And we are we are going to have some separate episodes for you on the subject of pricing. As we know, that's a hot issue from, from feedback from our listeners. So listen out for those episodes on uh, getting the price right, overcoming price objections, etc. Make sure it's absolutely right. Uh, just a, a closing thought on pricing is uh, 
um, the first time you reveal your price to the customer um, is really not the time you should reveal your price for the first time. You should have conditioned that pricing well in advance and uh, as part of making sure you understand the likely budget, etc. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for, for that episode. Apologies for the shaky start due to a lack of planning and preparation. Uh, well, no due to me not following the planning and preparation that we've done but Thank uh, you. Thank we you. managed to stumble through the episode uh, <laughs> so it's been Graham Jones Phil Jesson and Simon Hazeldean going into the remedial class for planning and preparation no you are Graham, Graham and I we were correct oh, sorry I was me me oh, there you are thank you apparently it's me oh it's all my fault and on that uh, note we'll end this episode thank you very much saleschatshow.com driving your sales forward have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling <laughs>